Hi, this is PJ Schneider, author of the London Undead series, reading a sneak peek snippet of Sing for the Dead out on November 4th. He grinned, loving the temper in her stormy eyes, and pressed himself inside her. The heat of her surrounded the tip of his cock, and her entrance tightened as she cried out. He almost lost it right then, dragging in deep breaths of air. He reached for control just a bit longer. Sci-Fi Saturday Night wanted to savor this incredible woman longer. He pressed her backward on the bed in a tangle of ravaging kisses and sharp nips. She opened her legs for him and wrapped them around his hips. He dragged his mouth across her neck, her collarbone, as she arched her body against his, and then he shifted his hips until the head of his cock nudged at her hot, wet entrance. Nails pricked the skin across his shoulders as sci-fi Saturday night clutched at him and encouraged him. This is a word. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. That was the filthiest entrance ever. Ever. And by entrance, you mean. And by entrance, I mean, thank you, PJ Schneider. Wow. <laughs> it's Talkcast 194, and it's Saucy Doublement Twins Night here on Mars 3. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 6 Earl Grey the Alien Autopsy Ride, I am the Dome. Joining the Talkcast tonight are many of the usual suspects. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, vice president of technicalness and rum, the level-headed, occasionally outspoken, uh, and and usually drunk, Kriana. Double your pleasure. Double your fun. From the stacks of her personal silence zone in the Dank Dungeon Reading Room, a founding member of the Library of Cold Compress, she's got books about robots, robots who read books, and, and cats who knit. The woman who spins yarns and yarn spins, it's Zombrarian. Guys, I can't even. Sometimes my grandma listens to this show. <laughs> 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 Not anymore! Hi, Grandma! <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our Ginger Ingenue, the woman best remembered for her recurling, recurring role in the robot <laughs> of Sumatra, and I was a teenage werecat, a blinding light in the universe of darkness, it's the dead redhead. Hello to all you dancing queens out there, and you oh my, know who you are. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Our guests tonight, Brockton McKinney and Larkin Ford of M-Theory, uh, an incredible new comic series, which I am thoroughly enjoying. Is that enjoying. how you say it? Because I always say in my head, like, M. It's M-Theory. You guys got it. You nailed it. Awesome. We're really enjoying it. We're going to talk about the series, how it began, where it's going, what it's doing, and two incredibly odd human beings. Which are doublement twins tonight for some apparent reason. <laughs> in, in any case, oh my god! And this is this is a great show to have started this way to have one of our first sponsors on. I couldn't be happier. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they're totally gonna renew. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, quick, be on the show. You can have X-rated openings anytime. <laughs> Double your pleasure. Oh my god. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Oh, we should have more of those. So since since Facebook has been an utter utter pain in the ass about us putting up polls. No kidding. And if you've ever been polled, you know how painful that can be. Um, <laughs> PJ certainly certainly does. <laughs> Shut up! Oh snap! Uh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where in, where in the hell are we going to start this week? 
Anybody? Somebody? Kriana, no. I (laughs) wasn't going to say anything. I would, but I have a touching story that I don't want it. I don't want it sullied by you people. Oh, it will be sullied. It will be. So I'm not telling it. Okay. First. Okay. Why the hell is somebody saying that Orlando Bloom should be Batman? Because he's man pretty. He is man pretty. <laughs> that doesn't mean he should be Batman or Bruce Wayne. He can't Wayne. be worse than Christian Bale. I mean, Although, let's try he, new things. To be fair, when they shaved his head for Black Hawk Down. <laughs> okay, head was not what I was thinking you were going to go for. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Sorry. Well, he, he, if you Google image search the, the Black Hawk Down photos, because... He made a passable, like, manly dude in that movie. I was very surprised. Well, but he's know, not Bruce Wayne or Batman. Well, wait a minute. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, very like, few people are. I That's true. He's no, not right. enough. That is true, Kriana. He's never played anyone particularly intelligent. It might be a nice stretch for him as an actor. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, don't, I don't know if he could pull it off. Make him intelligent either. So <laughs> he does have he does have his music career. He's what his oh, music boy. career. He has a music career because he, yeah. Oh, they're 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 taking the hobbits to Isengard. Is, oh, um, that was that was amazing. That was amazing. He may want to focus on that. Hey, don't make fun of him. That was awesome. I didn't, uh, that was not making fun. I'm so serious. No, she means me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, he was drunker than I am right now when that happened. Look, the the bottom line is, if Bruce Wayne is played as a metrosexual, (gasps) I I don't know that that works. Oh, I think it totally works. No. no. I, I think it totally works. You you guys have a narrow, you're narrow-minded. No, I'm seriously. Google image search right now. Orlando Bloom, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, okay. But he doesn't but, have the voice either. That you know of. I, think I don't he, know. I think he can make it work. I support this. I would donate money to see this. Well, that's called buying a movie ticket. Okay, I would totally not buy a movie ticket to see this. You would not buy one? No, I totally pirate it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but only because movie theater owners are lecherous thieves. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's definitely not the Hollywood producers. Moving on. Well, we could move on to Stan Lee thinking that everybody's favorite Superman show, Smallville, that Michael Rosenbaum was actually the best Lex Luthor ever. Speaking of... All right, well... First of all, Stan Lee is talking out of his hat because for Stan is Lee to hat? talk, is that that's, what you I'm said? being nice, or at least I'm attempting, because Stan Lee, as the man who, who, reportedly is the the heart of Marvel Comics, which I still don't actually buy, to be I, talking about DC Comics in any way, shape, or form, is disingenuous at so many levels. Mm-hmm. So, Stan, you know, uh, um, cut it out. Stan <laughs> likes to talk. Yeah. and Stan is old. <laughs> hey, hey, Speaking, hey. speaking. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's older I wanna, than you, dear. I want to go somewhere with this. Oh, I had somewhere to go from this. I know. It was a good going. place, too. See if it's the same. There were no orifices involved. That you know well. of. <laughs> go ahead, Dome. The Star Trek uh, Vegas experience was a couple of weeks ago. How did one lead into the other? Because we were talking about Stan Lee. Ah, okay. (laughs) It means nothing, but that's okay. What? (laughs) I actually had something that was relevant. Do you have somewhere to go with that, or should we pretend that the last 30 seconds didn't happen? Was that a question? No, No, it wasn't a question. It was a statement. Ah. One of the most interesting things at Creation Entertainment's Star Trek convention in Vegas last week was a rating by the fans of the best to worst Star Trek movies. Snore. Um, no, 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 no. You would think, Snore, and I would almost agree with you, 
except for one interesting thing. Okay. Don't keep okay. me in suspense here. Well, I'm going to keep you in suspense. No! Because the best movie by far was Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. I which was going to say, if you said Voyager, I was... <laughs> no, 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 no. Voyager no. was not a movie, first of all. No, the first one was... First one. Yeah. That's what it's called. Horrible. It is? Yes. Really? It's referred to as amongst truckies. I learned something tonight, folks. Write that down, everybody. I, I, I'm writing it down. Now, the last Star Trek movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, came in dead last. As it should. Well. That movie sucks. Well. What, no, wait. It came in worse than Voyager, number one, which well. I think is amazing. Because Most people, people fell asleep during number one. People hated that movie. But the interesting thing is the movie that beat it, which was Galaxy Quest. Wait, what? So, How is that even in the running? They wrote it in and it beat to darkness. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Wait, 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 wait. It was Into Darkness. The very last one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, okay. Which one's the one before that one, and where did that one come in? Uh, wow. It, it came in low. Because that one was pretty awful. It came in low, but Into Darkness came in dead last. I still haven't seen Into Darkness. Thank you, world, for confirming that I'm not missing anything. <laughs> but to be beaten out by Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver's Galaxy Quest. And I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There was also Alan Doomy Rickman. Yeah, there was. There was. Sombrarian. Are you muted? No, what? Alan Doomy Rickman. Go. Okay, so when Alexander Skarsgård, who's my original imaginary boyfriend, <laughs> and I... Well, Alexander Skarsgård's not my original imaginary boyfriend. Heath Ledger is. But when Heath Ledger died, it got too sad. So now Alexander Skarsgård is my imaginary boyfriend, but we don't have the deep emotional connection that Heath Ledger and I had. So sometimes he and I get into imaginary fights and then my imaginary imaginary boyfriend is Alan Rickman. Is that okay. what you were looking for? Yep, thank you. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and thought... you won't let me talk about Saturday being black cat appreciation. Day. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 please do. So please I, do I actually, no, 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 I actually had something completely relevant to go from Smallville because I was going to say, speaking of comic books that were turned into TV shows that don't suck, unlike Smallville. Find one? <laughs> yeah, Arrow. Yeah, correct. I thought and you guys told me that it started to suck at the end. No, no, no. Oh. Arrow is awesome. It's been terrific. So it has just been announced that Stargate SG-1 actress Terrell Rothery... Oh, yes. You're right. She... Okay, first of all, she is cute as a button. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cute. And she can actually act. She can. She she was... All right, first of all, spoiler alert for those of you who I haven't... second of all. <laughs> what? We're at second of all now. Are yeah, we? Because we've already done first of you all. You said first of all. My apologies. Second of all. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen all of SG-1 yet, the episode where her character died in SG-1 was like the number one saddest episode in the entire series. The saddest. Not not as sad as 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 Fry and the Dog on Futurama. No, that <laughs> you'd be hard pressed to top that one. <laughs> that was just pathetically sad. That that, that was Lassie. Uh, he's stuck in the well. Yeah, that scarred me for life. <laughs> like <laughs> mental anguish. Uh. Anyway, she has landed a multi-episode story arc. Very cool. So she she's playing savvy attorney Jean Loring. Well, I thought what's her name was the savvy attorney. Laurel. Yeah. Well, she's a savvy attorney. What there's there can't be more than one gorgeous there savvy attorney. Shut up, Dome. Stop <laughs> discouraging people. Jeez. The, what? Doesn't it get confusing if there's more than one? Yeah, you know, those attorneys with boobs, if there's more than one, I just get them all mixed up. I'd heard that. I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) 
But I mean, like, it's... think about think about like what other what, what? TV what other TV shows have as many strong female characters as Arrow, and you wouldn't think it would, but it really does. Kind of does. Think yeah. about it. Think of wheels. Well, they're turning. There's some really great characters, and there used to be some very great characters in Buffy, aside from Sarah Michelle Geller. But oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amber I'm Benson's just saying character. that there are a lot of like really strong female characters, and and it's from a show like Buffy. Obviously, you expect that to have strong female characters. It's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but Arrow. Not so much, especially so much. especially yeah, since they turned. Um, I'm gonna say Skippy, and that's not the right name. <laughs> um, oh boy, uh, Skippy, Zippy, um, Speedy, Speedy, into his sister instead of his sidekick, right? Who was a guy, but that's okay. I mean, that seems to be working. Skippy, Skippy, Skippy? <laughs> that was from Family Ties. Skippy, I don't know where I got Skippy. Well, at least I got to Speedy eventually. Eventually. Hey, uh, speaking of television shows, there's a weird, weird show called uh, that Sci-Fi is, or or Sifi as we're happy to call it. Yes. Is uh, bringing to their channel in in 2014 called The Almighty Johnsons. Um, now this could be like a bad. Brianna, thing. that's your cue. <laughs> I have no idea what anyone's talking about, but um, <laughs> I just threw in that link for Terrell Rothery Zombrarian. So, <laughs> what's going on now? Okay, they've Siffy has been acquiring uh, a lot of shows from outside the U.S. Among them, Continuum, Lost Girl. Uh, Primeval New World. Gosh, we never got to talk about Continuum last week, but boy, do no, I like that show. I know, and we, you should, yeah. It's, it's I know, you wouldn't think I would like it, because it's all dark and dystopian, but I am just a sucker for the electronic clothing. I fucking want that suit. <laughs> it's kind of cool, yeah. But, Which okay, so I've I'm only seen the first like, season. Um, I haven't seen any of the new ones, but I'm excited to see them. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. It, it maintains that level quite nicely. Second of all, speaking speaking of SG One and Continuum. Ugh. Wait a minute. I was, I, oh, I have to share that I couldn't figure out why the main villain of the first season of Continuum was completely unbelievable to me. I was looking at the actor and I was thinking, I do not buy that this guy is a hardened terrorist. Like I just don't buy it. He is too kindly. And I'm thinking, like, I have no idea where he looks so familiar. He's very distinctive. And who is he? He is Master Braytac from SG-1. And also Geppetto (laughs) from Once Upon a Time. Like, there is just no way this guy is a criminal like that. (laughs) Just not happening. He's too kindly. So bad casting. But other than that, I really like it. So anyway, Sci-Fi has, or Siffy has a a picture acquired a New Zealand uh, Kiwis! Sorry, go called ahead. the Almighty Johnsons. <clears throat> okay. Okay, the title that is horrible. Go over well, at the least. title is horrible. <laughs> this goes well with our intro. <laughs> exactly, that's why I said it was your cue. <laughs> ah, okay, I see, sorry, the rum is making me a caught little up. slow. I, I have caught up, I am with you now. Okay. Continue. The storyline, however, and it's gotten quite good reviews in in uh, New Zealand, is four brothers who have inherited the powers of Norse gods. So it's four brothers in modern day who are reincarnated to some degree Norse gods. Kick ass stuff. So I, I, what? It kind of looks good. <laughs> but, oh yes, it's I mean I I'm not downloading it. Is right New Zealand now. where we got? Um, what was it? Um, Hercules and Xena and all that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, is it the same people? It, no, it's it's well. Uh, <laughs> New Zealand is a whole country, so I'm sure there's at least two people making TV there. No, well, I was figuring. No, I know. I'm just doing the whole gods thing. There would be somebody. No, who, Dean O'Gorman yeah. is in the mo- is in the TV series, and you might remember him from The Hobbit. 
He was the sexy dwarf. He was one of the good-looking dwarves. (laughs) (laughs) And there weren't that many of them, so it's kind of easy to pick out. Is he one one of the ones at Comic-Con? No. No. Wait, I think he was. Didn't you say Philly and Keely? That's who was at Comic-Con? Yeah, he was one of the ones at Comic-Con then. He was one of the ones at Comic-Con. So he was definitely at Boston. So so nice to say no, Dome. Oh. Uh, well, I didn't think he was. And then, oddly enough, he was. So anyhow, it looks kind of interesting. And it looks like it's something worth watching. However, I would like to suggest to Siffy, because I know they listen to us every freaking week. And they respect our opinions. And they love our opinions, don't they? Along with George R. Martin. We told them not to do Sharknado, you know. They didn't listen. And now look what happened. Although there there was a guy dressed up as Sharknado. There was. He had the best best costume. The best cosplay I've ever seen was the kid who was dressed as Sharknado. That was amazing. (laughs) But I want to suggest to Siffy that they look at a South African... Uh, sci-fi series called Charlie Jade. Which I um, never got into. Which was never shown uh, outside of uh, Europe and is quite good. I didn't like it. Really? I didn't like it. Really? That's a shame. Just not my thing. Yeah, yeah, well, it's alternate universes, so it has, you know, it's you have to like that kind of story. So speaking of Siffy, Brian Fuller has yeah. made some awesome shows, such as Pushing Daisies, Hannibal, Woo! Mockingbird right, right. Lane, the right. last, the first season of Heroes, mm-hmm. and he is coming on. What well, coming on? He's coming on to Siffy. Yes. To do a new, a new series, series called High Moon. Ooh. It's very loosely based on John Christopher's young adult novel, The Lotus Caves. I'm totally just reading this article now. Everyone, thank you to io9 for the next five minutes. <laughs> Basically, there's trouble on the moon. Dun, dun, it's, dun. I, I feel like it's like a moon western. Get it? Because it's like a pun. It's like high noon, but high moon. Oh. Get it? Ah. Thank you, Fozzie Bear. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So I'm excited to see that because it seems like a real hard sci-fi series, which we don't, like, what's a hard sci-fi do we have on right now? Not too many. There's not a lot. On TV. We've got a lot of fantasy, a lot of, um, like. We will have horror in the fall. Horror. Yeah, the, the Sleepy Hollow thing. But not a lot of like real hard sci-fi like Star Trek or Stargate. Nothing like that is on anymore. And we'll have American Horror Story back. Oh yes, we will. Yes, I cannot wait for that. And I don't know if I can handle another season with with what's her face being creepy. Yeah. Oh my god, are we gonna get through like almost all of our news? Wait wait a minute, Zombrarian. Yes. Tell me the story you wanted to tell earlier. It was about Penis Anthony. It's about Piers Anthony. It, it's oh, yeah. a really sweet story, actually. Um, this American Life, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, um, had a story about seeking advice in unlikely places. And the first half was um, a young man telling the story about how when he was 15, he ran away from home. And went to Piers Anthony's house. Oh, wow. Um, and you, fir- you first start hearing the story, and it's the first part of it is the story of how the interviewer was really in love with Piers Anthony's books. And you think that this is the sweet part of the story, because Piers An- he dresses up as Piers Anthony for celebrity night at school, or notable night, or something. And writes to Piers Anthony to tell him, and Piers Anthony sends him this box of books and um, a manuscript of his autobiography, which wasn't published yet. And it was just kind of, and you were like, oh, that's so nice. That's so adorable. And then it just goes. And it's this really beautiful, touching story. And so I'm putting in a link, and it's free online, and I highly recommend you listen to it. 
because it's for any kid that's ever been an outcast and been like, I want to run away from my life and live in my fantasy novels. It's like, it's this amazing. This kid kind of did it. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. And oh. Piers Anthony let him stay the night. Wow. And then okay. had him call his mom. <laughs> so that was really nice of him. Yeah, totally. One last thing since we have no uh, poll. No poll this week. Thanks, sure. Facebook. You suck, Facebook. Moving on. Yeah, thanks. What's his name? Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's it. You bastard. He's never coming on the show. He's never, never coming, coming on, on the, the show. show. Mark Zuckerberg. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm so witty today. Oh, actually, awesomeness happened today. Plants vs. Zombies 2 came out. And it involves freaking time travel. If you're wondering how Plants vs. Zombies could inca- incorporate time travel into its second edition, trust us. It doesn't matter. Do it. It's just awesome. <laughs> okay. And for you gamers out there, enjoy. Let us know how much fun you had with it. And it's time for the actual advertising portion of the show in which we say tonight's podcast has been sponsored by Quantum Muse Books, publishers of Lockdown and intense new science fiction novel by Timothy Goyette. That sounded good. It did. Nice job, Jim. Thank you. And at this point, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our guests again. Brockton McKinney, who's the writer, and Larkin Ford, the artist of M Theory. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us, Joan. <laughs> well, you've been had. Uh, beyond that, I don't know what I can tell you. Uh, all right. I just want to start the interview by saying uh, a lot of times when we get review copies of people who are coming on the show, we have to sometimes look really, really hard to find the right things to say. Uh, here's, sometimes here's we I'm, fail anyway and we say the wrong things. Fail. <laughs> um, but I, I want to just start off by saying I was really pissed off when I read this was a four-part series because I've only gotten through the first two and I am totally into it. Hell yeah. Dude, that's, that's, awesome, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I got to the end of the second one and then I said, uh, didn't I read that this is only a four-part series? Please tell me you're going beyond the four. Absolutely <laughs> are. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, cool. It's just the first four are a self-contained story and then we're continuing onward from there so Woo-hoo. yeah yeah so most likely i got the okay to launch it starting with issue five so that was it was pretty nice after one did really well and they were like all right you guys did it so it, it goes beyond we i'm scripting out nine through 12 right now and uh larkin's doing pencils for issue six so and we're just getting the review copies for three going which you guys will have real soon Awesome. Are you Ooh. kidding me? So give me give me the thirty seconds of for people who haven't seen it yet, what M theory oh, I'm sorry, M theory M- is. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Largan, you wanna take that one? You seem to be a little bit better at it than me. I must disagree, but I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. Uh so M Theory starts out with uh Gabriel M um who conveniently has the last name of the of the title of the book? Uh, he arrives home with a kitten and um, is shot by his girlfriend, and so then wakes up in the afterlife. And so they they are sort of like quickly become friends. The kitten, uh, Mister Whispers, is given the ability to speak and sort of like a um, human level intelligence and so they're sort of they immediately have this really strong bond and so a lot of it's just about uh them as friends sort of wisecracking and responding to the crazy world they've been thrown into together and uh yeah the first issue has them fighting zombie midget circus clowns and it just gets crazier and crazier from there that's fantastic man that was a, that was <laughs> <laughs> I, I especially like the zombie midget circus clowns. I would like to point out. Also, oh, the thanks. kitten is really, really, really cute. We the love kitten. whispers. Yeah, whispers is our boy. That's like, uh, it's it's kind of funny. Um, we were talking about it just recently, and uh, 
it's like I, I kind of write Whispers and Gabe. Um, it's like me and like my best friend, Bo. It's like kind of our back and forth with each other. And that's the, sort of the rapport they have, like just constantly talking about stuff that's, you know, bad movies and stuff like that. I mean, like Death Wish, that doesn't make any sense, man. Why would he, you know, and going on that kind of thing. And then Larkin was saying how he uh, kind of visualized it with him and his little brother as far as like uh, what the, the expressions between Gabe and Whispers went. Because we've known each other since we were kids. And so his brother... Uh, when he was little, was obviously much younger than us, and uh, he would always say this weird shit like, uh, "I'm gonna pee pee on your skin," yeah. and, would, and it would just kill us. We'd start laughing or whatever. And so Larkin was like, "Those faces, the faces whispers making, you know, are the faces of like Hart, his brother, when he was was a kid." And I was like, "Oh, that that's beautiful, man. That's kind of we rolled up our whole childhood in these two characters." Aww. So, so where yeah. did you come up with the storyline? I, obviously, you guys have known each other for years. Yeah. So when yeah. did you when did you start working together on as as writer and artist? We we had both been doing uh, different different projects for other people and stuff, and so we'd been talking. We were like, we gotta do something together. We're gonna work something out. <clears throat> And Skype has fucking like this. Oh, yeah. It's auto tuning you, Brock. Uh, Larkin, take over for a second. Yeah, uh, so, so whenever you're somebody and, oh, no. go for it. It's a bummer. Uh, Did we lose it? Am I gone? Oh, you're, no, you're back. back. You're back now. Am I back? You are back. Am I back? Shit, I gotta keep it like quick. You know, I gotta be like either do it like super quick, or I gotta do the auto tune thing where I'm like, and it's it's game and we spurns. <laughs> <laughs> the time being friends in a wild world does that does that work better that was kind of awesome i'm so glad we were recording that oh my yeah. god yes in theory game and whispers how crazy is their world there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love yeah. it. Let's know now whenever I you... back out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> whenever it starts to glitch up, we'll just yell sing, and then it'll work. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You yell sing, I'll hit it. There we go. <laughs> so let's start the story again. Larkin, how did you guys end up working together? Okay, yeah, yeah. So both of us were uh, working on different projects, and um, we... We're both feeling that, you know, for whatever reason, we were wanting to be a little more self-directed and wanting to um, be a little more spontaneous with the ideas and basically just have the freedom to throw as crazy of shit as we wanted to into the story. And if both of us, you know, it, it quickly just gelled. I feel like we make a really good team just because um, it's it's hard to describe, but it, it's just like a little synthesis that takes place with the shooting the shit, coming up with ideas, and um, and it sort of naturally one thing progressing to the next. And, and nothing's uh, off the table. Like, nothing's off the table. Yeah, so right. you, whatever, you just bring anything to it. And sometimes we'll say, that seems a little too fucked up. And then we'll, you know, we might like, <laughs> eh, we're just going to put it in anyway. Yeah. But most of the time, we're like, if it makes us laugh, it's going to make it into the book. If, right. midget, if midget zombie clowns makes it in, I can't <laughs> <laughs> and in the first episode, yeah, that, that's what yeah. Kills me. man, there was there was no there was no easing into the story. I mean, within like the fifth panel, you guys are like throwing midget zombies at us. <laughs> yeah, the right. first, yeah, the first page has an exploding head for sure. I mean, yeah. no, wait, the first page, the girlfriend kills him. That's where yeah. you start with a kitten, we, we, and then the kitten starts to. Die. <laughs> Yeah, we had to make sure people were hooked right off the bat because we only had one shot at it. So we, I, 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 I was. The like, girlfriend had more than one shot, if you know what oh, I mean. Yeah, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yep. So see what I did there. I see what you did there, and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, at that point, once you've thrown that out, you know, pretty much everything's fair game. Sure. Right. For real, yeah. It's uh, it's funny because we we always like to have a little bit of revisiting things and explaining them after the fact. So like stuff that'll seem just like the most absurd crap in the world, 
you know, like four or five issues down the line, it'll in passing be like, oh, wow, so that's how that came to be or or further down the line. But yeah, yeah, we we tried to make it we tried to make it all make sense. The stuff that we came up with, we have a reason for it. And I think 3, issue 3 kind of comes in and you got and I think people are going to be like, that's oh, they're not totally fucking insane. This is like there's a reason for some of this. Oh, so. you're not and I would have been totally. okay with total insanity. I total been- <laughs> insanity. Yeah, we just we wanted it to be something where you could like read it and then go back and say, oh, I mean, honestly, we made like there's a guy named Pecker Frank, and he's. he's <laughs> gonna, <laughs> oh yeah, you're not on the right show at all. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy, kind of when when he shows up, you're like, okay, they pulled out the stops, and he's and it makes sense. When you meet Pecker Frank, you're like, all right, now. It, <laughs> The, the crab makes sense. All that stuff, we got it. It's Pecker Frank. Does this have yeah. to be from being from the South, guys? Is this where some of this came from? <laughs> it, it oh, you totally. mean like the grotesque? Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, I love like Flannery O'Connor's stories. For instance, like the Bible salesman comes by, and next thing you know, he's stealing the girl's wooden leg so she can't chase him down and like making off with her money and stuff like that. That kind of thing, yeah, totally. It's not like patently southern M theory isn't because they're traveling but all across the world and between dimensions and all kinds of stuff happens, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a very big Evil Dead 2 sensibility, I think. That's like kind of yeah. The gross with the funny is like always been my my jam. Where I was like, I love that. That's like that's the best of both worlds, right there. One of my yeah. top five movies of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah. It makes my top five list too, for sure. And Dead Alive too. That's a good one. Oh, hundred. Oh, I love Quite that hard, movie. But still damn good. You know, it took me like three times before I could watch the entire thing without a few times putting my hands over my eyes because it's just yeah. not really gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's so actually, brilliant about it. It is. You're right. It's funny because like, people think of realism and horror as being like what makes you turn away, but if there's just straight up like custard coming out of people's eyes and just like out of their throats and stuff, That'll make you turn away too, no matter how crazy oh, it yeah. is. Huh? And it's yeah. if it's funny at the same time, right? All the better. Yeah. It's that's yeah, it. That's the beauty in the gang for me. That really is. It's that's a it. secret sauce me, right there. That's the secret <laughs> sauce. If you can make me laugh and cringe at the same time, I am coming back, McDonald's. I want some more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does make me laugh and cringe at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it should. <laughs> <laughs> so within the first ten pages. After his death, you introduce us to St. Peter, who's a cigar-smoking hippie with a, in a white suit. I love your reverent treatment of Christian mythology. Nice job. <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah. almost solely Larkin, honestly. Like, that's like, he's got a real classic sensibility that, that comes in. He likes like, fucking that up and like, <laughs> like hey, twisting that shit around. That, so St. Peter... going to hell. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, we're both going to hell hand in hand. That's I'll see you there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he he definitely like uh, crafted the uh, the look of Saint Peter. I was like, I don't know, you know, I need him to be like kind of a modern day looking guy, and he was like like a ponytail. Oh, suit. sing! Like, no, fuck what? That's crazy! I was like, yeah, draw that, and he drew it, and I was like, God damn it, that's Saint Peter. <laughs> Just like that. He's got that Miami Vice thing. He's got a little he does. you don't trust. He's the white suit with the black <laughs> shirt. But you also, at that point, introduce what I'm guessing is going to be the over overarching story, which is Gabriel's search for his actual father. Right. Really? What gave yeah. you that idea? With the fact that he <laughs> says it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, the fact that he says it, and for the next two issues, it isn't even mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... There's definitely a lot of seed planting that Brockton does, and I think that that's... I've always loved reading stories where that's done, and it's like it's a lot clearer with me drawing page by page. It's like, oh, wow, that hasn't been revisited yet. But then whenever I revisit and read it, to my mind anyway... The pacing works, you know, like by the time you're wondering why something hasn't been revisited, 
hopefully it'll get brought up, especially it like you know, again. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, absolutely. The trade or whatnot, you know, like the pacing of it'll oh come right through, and people won't be. I mean, I kind of like having people sweating over what's going to happen next, though, honestly. Me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, if I had my druthers, I would have honestly, like, strung out the mystery a little bit longer. But uh, just because we, we felt like we were kind of like, we got to make this thing work. So within the, four, the first four issues, uh, you're going to know where the story is going. You're going to see, like, you know, when we launch, when we go into five, you have every, like, answer so far like that you, you want to know from this original uh, issue. Mm-hmm. I, so so when can we get the next issue? That's my question. I think you guys will be preview, previewing issue three in like a week because they're like they're just now setting it all up. So you guys will have it soon. But I I believe it's like September twenty first, something like that, that it actually hits the stands or whatever. And we're super excited about it. They let us do a couple of oversized issues um, where it's like twenty eight pages for three and four. So we're, we're we we nice. chalked them full of stuff. Yeah, they're like. There are my three is my absolute favorite so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like three and four, we really do hit our stride. I'm really proud of those for sure. So, how did you guys get involved with Action Lab? Well, let's see. It started at a. Um... I hear that Jeremy's your uncle. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird, like working for his uncle. We were like Jeremy Whitley. <laughs> You're Larkin Ford's uncle, and that's weird. Like even just you know with the surnames and everything, but also, yeah, also the, the fact, yeah, he's just you know. But you know, who are we to to pass by with nepotism or anything? So we were like, yeah, yeah, please, uh, Uncle Jeremy, help us out here. That dude, yeah, he he really did though. That guy, uh, Jeremy Whitley, uh, he writes the the book Princeless. And uh, we were friends with him through cons, and, like, we just, you know, been good friends, like, doing it. We're all from the same area um, within, like, four or five hours of each other. So we saw each other at, like, every convention and all of this. And he said he was – they were already signed with Action Lab, and he came up to us and said they're getting ready to launch a, a sort of an adult mature line that's their Vertigo kind of deal, and you guys should try out. And so he hooked us up with the oh, uh, with Jason Martin who is the uh, the editor and the publisher of that side of it, and it went from there. Yeah. And that those guys have that. been so cool, too. They've been just, like, really on board with the book, just, like, genuinely excited about it and everything. And it's so cool because Jason Martin's got his own awesome uh, book, The uh, <laughs> Night of the 80s Undead, and, like, Dave Dwanch is really awesome, too. And uh, he's got a couple great... Uh, books, Double Jumpers, and um, Ghost Town. And, yeah, it's just, like, really cool to be part of the Danger Zone family and everything. Yeah, and Dwanch was, like, the biggest fan in the world. He was the guy who was like, hey, have you got three done yet? Let me get a, let me get a peek at it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Well, tell Chad that he needs to treat you guys well or I'll beat his ass at Dungeons & Dragons again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know if I can pass that on, but I will. <laughs> Say something to that nature. <laughs> yeah, maybe just that you said hi. Yeah, <laughs> hey, and we had a great time with the D and D thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. That way we won't like lose our jobs or anything. <laughs> you don't need jobs. Jobs. Weekend jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, those guys, all of them have been like incredibly supportive and like just come through and sort of shown us the ropes on how the indie thing was going to work out and, you know, how we were going to get the issues. And, and they, you know, were honest with us up front. And they're like, you guys got to pull the numbers to keep this thing going. And yeah. we ended up doing it. So, yeah. Absolutely. We haven't scared too many people off yet. That's the hope. Yeah. No, absolutely. Wait, you didn't scare us off. And, and we're. We're very timid and we group. haven't also, also we haven't scared them off. So woo! Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. You seem like tell by your intro, you're a cool yeah. yeah. Yeah, you seem like our kind of family. So. Aww. <laughs> Appreciate. Well, next year, if you guys can come up north, you can come to Boston Comic Con. Shit. Yeah, we'd love to. We're doing Baltimore, which is our furthest one out so far, which was kind of nice. cool to get to get a table at that one. So yeah, so we're moving out. We're branching out. 
We definitely, definitely like to see you guys up here for uh, one of the uh, New England cons, either Boston or or uh, Granite Con or Rhode Island. God knows. <laughs> Good things about all those, especially Boston. That's a that's supposed to be a particularly nice con. Boston, we we Boston had an incredible is, time. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was yeah because of the rescheduling from April when shit happened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. We had like uh, thirty-eight thousand people there over two days. It was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody just stepped up. It was it was amazing. It was just like kind of cool to watch the whole thing. And it's staying in August, so. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep it in August, and they're gonna keep it at the venue they had it at. So we can right on. have more people next year, <clears throat> and we're looking forward to that as well. So, yeah. what's coming up for you guys? You said you're you're gonna be where in the next couple of weeks? Uh, let's see. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be we're going to be in Baltimore in September. Uh, we're going to be in we're going to be at the uh, NC Comic Con in Raleigh in November. Uh, where else are we going to be? Let's see. Shit, I have to look at my calendar. We've got a bunch. We did like twenty two shows by the end of the year. We've like ended up hitting. Yeah, it was the it was it's been exhausting and fantastic and like we just love meeting everybody and seeing everybody so yeah we're looking forward to it so what's it what's it been like from the standpoint of uh of having the product out there and then going to conventions and talking to people at it about it and having them see it and talk to you about it wow i'm not even sure what that question meant no i i do get it it is it is i I do man talking about yeah, it's it's pretty amazing because when you first put it out there, even though you're getting reviews back, you're getting reviews from people who like read comic books all the time, and that's their job to review stuff and and to go in and take a look at it. And it's not necessarily like the average comic book guy who just goes to a store and picks up a book. And so, about a month in, we started getting those people who would come up and be like, "Oh my God, can I give you a hug? I love Mr. Whispers," and it was yeah. the best feeling of my life. Yeah. Yeah, How about cool. licensing a plushie? Oh my god, please? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, that, that was my question, please? Yes, please. Yeah. I, I, we're, want, we're I want a plushie. On it. All that stuff, we're talking to people. It's it's getting to the point where it's like, we're like oh, that's cool, that might happen, alright. So yeah. it's all kind of in the works. I'd love to see some action figures eventually. That would be my jam. To see like Gabe with a backpack with a little slot or like a little hole or slot for mr whispers to perch on you know yeah one of the guys who works at our studio at lost story studios um uh jonas actually uh creates like these figures and does stuff with like money Uh, am i still there oh yeah yeah yeah. i was just gonna say how could i forget yeah oh yeah and he made a gabe and a whispers figure that we keep at the table with us it's like a um like a, a mighty kind of deal where it's got it's Gabe and he's got little whispers popping out of the backpack and it's my favorite toy that I've ever seen. So it's yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah. He got like a real cloth backpack with a working zipper, and where he found that thing, I will never know. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's his figure. <laughs> um, he's a he's a big figure, but the backpack is tiny. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know how the Mighty Mugs have like a giant head and a tiny body? It's sort of like yeah, yeah. proportions. Yeah, it's that kind of deal. So yeah, the backpack's tiny, it fits his body. And and Jonas also did a great job of getting a good likeness of the face. Because Gabe's like a pretty yeah. scrawny dude, and he, he totally made it work on that round head shape. I was amazed. He did, yeah, it was amazing. And I don't want to like spoil too much, but there is a, there's another kitten that's coming up in the in five. Uh oh. This is this is just you guys get this exclusive. But his name is uh. Love his name is Doctor Whiskers, and um, he's like a cybernetic kind of kitty. And you start him with like a pull cord. He's got like a um, like a tank <laughs> cord that you start him with, and you can throw him through people, and he'll just like like bust him up. Holy so, uh, that sounds awesome. Like, that's my figure that I want pretty bad. I want a Dr. Whiskers figure pretty yeah, bad. Dr. Whiskers yeah. would be cool. Yeah. Holy crap, that does sound great. Guys, you know, as as this moves forward, I, I, I'm hoping uh, 
to get you guys up here for a con so I can actually meet you and, and the people who are enjoying your comic and, and enjoying your story can meet you and uh, you know up here in New England and I am really looking I'm really pleased that this is going more than the four issues that were announced that yeah, to me I mean, is the best thank you so much and thanks for having us on man this was fantastic it was a really nice time I'm really glad you've enjoyed yourselves I've really enjoyed having you guys on tonight uh, so Kriana I'm so ready tonight. Look at this shit. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, like, I have to be drunk, I think. Evidently. All right. Yeah. Me too. Me Woo! too. Woo! <laughs> no. I, I really want, I really want um, a Dr. Whispers. Yeah, absolutely. I've agreed. We got two people raising their hand for it. Like, okay, okay. We got to start, like, a waiting list for this to we happen. Did. Okay, so yeah, next week. we got three or four of them right here. Yes. All right. Like, I, I could take a picture of it with my real kitty. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> Do your job, kiddo. Right, okay. Next week, we're talking to Michael J. Sullivan, author of The Reuria Chronicles. And on August 31st, we're talking to Jason Chen from StoryBundle.com. Dead redhead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granicon, Rhode Island Comic-Con, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold the Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Doom! I want to thank Rockton McKinney and Larkin Ford of M-Theory. We had a phenomenal new comic book series. And uh, check it out. There are going to be links to it right here. Tonight's podcast has been sponsored by Quantum Muse Books, publishers of Lockdown, an intense new science fiction novel by Timothy Goyette. Check it out. I want to thank our cast for joining us tonight. Thank you, ladies. From the Revered Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and our grammar girl, Zombrarian, thank you so much. Double your pleasure, or double your money back. Wait. I can't follow that. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you, Dead Redhead. Black Kitty Appreciation Day. I knew she'd fit it in somewhere. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.